And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners, you're very welcome to another edition of the We Are Me podcast with Davey Rispin and Mickey Brennan. Um, Davey, I think this week we're going to have to just talk about the League of Ireland um, because uh, I don't think there was any League of Ireland games pulled on the weekend, but there wasn't a game of uh, 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 with the O'Neill's football played on the weekend, bar one actually, which we'll come to in a few minutes. But there was a couple of small ball games that were uh, that did get played, which was great to see considering the conditions all weekend. Yeah, it was it was one of those, wasn't it? Um, I suppose in previous weeks, Mickey, we've been fortunate in getting the cup competitions done. We could have even got a regional championship done. The weather's not a chance. Good, but, not a chance. Um, no, no, we can't. I'm not letting you away with that. There's not a chance. You would have. You would have. But you wouldn't. Clubs, have got, but, clubs would not have let them play the regional championship. Clubs wouldn't have had teams to play in the in the uh, cup competitions, Davy. Well, the cup competitions would have been pulled out a little bit. See, but no. you, know, you, you brought it up at the wrong time. When we've got very little content this week. I can argue. I can argue. You would argue time. on the busiest weeks, Mickey. <laughs> Just because we have nothing to talk about doesn't change anything. Uh, but yeah, look, it was it was a shame, really, from that perspective, that the the whole round of league action within the county got pulled, and a couple of the county games got pulled as well. But I suppose, thankfully, first and foremost for our hurlers. Um, they continued their uh, terrific form, their terrific early season form with a, a very facile victory up in uh, Oma against Tyrone. And um, they've already booked their place in a league final, which is fantastic with a game to spare. And they've been in really good form this year. I know it's a division in which we've talked about in length that Mead should be winning and stuff, but you have to go and back it up with performances. Yeah. And to be fair to them, they've done that. They've been really consistent. They've played some nice stuff along the way and um, they can be very happy with their league campaign up to press. But... They've got uh, Wicklow breeding down their necks who gave them their biggest or strongest test so far and are likely on a collision course with them in the league finals. So that's likely to be a, a big test for Mead. But we still have London to come next weekend first. Yeah, a, a seamless link into uh, what I was going to bring up was uh, the, the Mead hurlers. And you've, you've, you've given a great synopsis of it. I, the, the, all I have to do really is give the score. It was Tyrone, eight points. It was Mead, 217. And that leaves Mead flying high at the top of Division 2B of the Alliance Hurling League. They have eight points from their four items. They've one game to go, as Davy has said. It's against London in Royslip next Sunday, the 19th. Um, I wonder if the lads will be allowed to take a couple of beverages because they're, you know, guaranteed a final spot, Davy. Um, Wicklow, it does look like Wicklow will be joining them in the final, but obviously it's down to the last round of games. Um, and Mead are guaranteed a, a, a final spot because the third place team is Tyrone. They're on four points. They can't be passed out. So maybe, maybe Shersha would uh, 
say to the lads, right, we'll get the game done um, and we'll have a few beers and come home on Monday. Yeah, I, I think they will as well. I think the plan is maybe just stay over there for a day or two and have a little bit of a training camp, have a few socials and listen, it's Paddy's weekend at the end of the day and it's a nice position to be going over there not needing a result, not saying they'll 100% want to keep up this winning run that they're on because I think the consistency that it's brought in the performances has been reflective of the results. And and they'll be very aware that there's a Wicklow team with a, a new manager behind them as well who are flying at the moment. I'd fully expect them to progress through to the league final. And I think for me, they have to try and be almost um, invincible really this year. I think by winning games, they're almost putting fear in other teams. Um, and listen, I'd imagine Chorsha will try and shuffle the deck a little bit, get game time into fellas. And um, it's all it's all really, really good at the moment for me. And hopefully they can continue uh, the momentum next weekend. Yeah, well, at the same time as me playing uh, in London, it's going to be Wicklow against Sligo. You'd imagine that uh, Wicklow would get the victory there and prepare themselves for a final against me because uh, Sligo are... The Pippin boys at the bottom of the table at the moment, um, so they are. So you'd imagine that Wicklow will get the victory there, and it will be Mead and uh, Wicklow in that league final. But um, yeah, best luck to the lads as they travel over to London next weekend. As Davy said, Paddy's weekend. Um, the the girls with sticks, Davies, the the, the Camogues, they were down to play Cavan on Saturday afternoon, but um, Kingsman Breffney was, uh, or sorry, not Kingsman Breffney. It was actually due to be played in Cross Keys in the Den uh, club and uh, their pitch was snowed under and, and, and waterlogged so the game was uh, cancelled. So the Mead Camogues are not back out again until uh, the 26th of this month which is Sunday to Sunday week and uh, they'll be taking on Derry and that game is going to be in Ashburn Davy. Yeah, and, and listen, they've, they've been um, I suppose gradually getting better and better as well as the campaign has gone on. So it's a little bit disappointing that their momentum would have been halted. And I suppose potentially they would have had maybe Ephraim Nogue available to them also. So we'll just have to wait and see if she's available in two weeks because obviously the, the ladies' footballers are sort of back after their many hiatus in the last few weeks. So um, Eve will be be busy on both fronts. But um, yeah, that, that'll be a crunch game against Cavan because I think Cavan will just blow them in the league table and it's likely to uh, to shape up which which way both sides are going to be facing their last couple of games. Yeah, well, whenever the Mead and and yeah, Cavan yeah. game gets played, but but it is the, the big one is the next one. It's against Derry uh, in two weeks' time in in Ashburn, so it's a home venue for for Mead against Derry, and it's they're joint in second place on six points apiece. So, you know, you'd imagine as well that that game will determine who is going to go on uh, and be in a league final maybe at the end of the of the campaign. Yeah, and they'll have fond memories of playing Derry and Ashburn because they beat them last year in the first round of the league. So um, that's surely a good omen for them, a home soil again. And yeah, Derry are probably a little bit improved to what they were last year. But Meads, in fairness, had their number that day. And I'm sure the girls will be going into that relatively confident, albeit it's a... It's a much changed Mead team nowadays and there's some really sort of inexperienced players coming through. But the fact that they've got two wins from the three games, I think it'll bode well and um, they'll really fancy their chances of making a late promotion tilt here. Yeah, um, I'd say they're disappointed as well about not getting that game against Cavan. Of course, Cavan came up this year and were promoted and whatever. And it would have been a nice, um, you know, if they got the victory against Cavan, it would have been now three from four, having lost to Kerry, I think the first day out, they would have been three from three. Going into that 
crunch game against Derry in the end. But now that crunch game comes uh, uh, it comes in two weeks' time against Derry and, and then they have Calvin in the last game. So they have to beat Derry basically um, the, the next day out to, to give themselves any chance of going into the league final, Davey. Yeah, exactly. It's it's probably that one defeat that they now have against the table toppers, Kerry, which I suppose at the time felt like a real sickening blow for them. Um, could yet come back to haunt them, but they'll they'll be actually quite confident that if they get results in all the remaining games, they will be in a league final. So it's still very much in their own hands, Mickey. And uh, as you say, that Derry game is likely to set the tone for the remainder of the campaign. Yeah, absolutely. Well, best luck to the girls in two weeks' time in Ashburn when they take on Derry. Um, the Mead ladies, um, obviously, they've you mentioned it already, they had a little bit of a, hi- a hiatus, so they'll be back this uh, coming weekend. It's on Sunday, the 19th, at 2 p.m. Not in Park Tolton. They were told by the county board, Davy, that Park Tolton was not available next Sunday, and uh, it has been moved to Ballon Lock. And in fairness, Bannock have done incredible work out there. Their facilities are second to none. The pitch is absolutely brilliant. And it's a great, it's going to be a great occasion for Bannock to host um a Division One um ladies football game. Yeah, undoubtedly the biggest game since uh the last group stage game of the championship in the junior B last year between Corton and St. Bridget's. Um, oh, absolutely. It's it's a terrific surface. It really is the work that they've done, new clubhouse there as well. And the Mead ladies have actually been doing quite a bit of training this year in Ballinlock. The, the Davy Nelson um, connection after the regional championship is very much in, alive and well in Ballinlock. And that's great to see. Um, and yeah, it should be a fantastic occasion. There are rumours, uh, rumours, that's all they are at the moment, that Vicky Wall is back on Irish soil and could go potentially straight into the match day squad for Mead, um, which would be a huge blue, uh, boost sorry, for Davy Nelson, especially the fact that Emma Duggan is still likely to be sidelined with injury. It's a big, big game this Mead. Need to get a result and um, time is running out for them, really. We all know that they're forcing going to relinquish their league title, but they won't want to relinquish their place in Division 1 of the league and have to drop down Division next year. So there's a big couple of weeks coming up for them and hopefully the little bit of a break that they've had to sort of I suppose, rest and recoup some of the bodies that have been out missing and also try and just firm up on a few things will will help them because they certainly need to improve the level of performances, albeit after a great number of changes in the off-season, has been below what we've come to expect from this Mead Ladies team over the last two to three years. And um, it's it's set to be a big couple of weeks, but the likely return of Vicky and maybe Emma Duggan in the coming weeks should bolster Mead significantly. Yeah, it's a it it is a massive game for for Mead Waterford, um, who are ahead of them at the moment, and Mayo and Donegal below them. So a, a win for Mead would all but um guarantee safety, um, uh, if they were to get that victory over Waterford. So best of luck to Davy Nelson and the girls. Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30-second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, 
Contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorized auto mower dealer on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coyne and Sons. If you need any more information on the Automore, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Mead. O'Reilly Oakstown Environmental, manufacturers and installers of domestic and commercial wastewater treatment systems, large capacity precast concrete tanks and retaining walls. Supplying you since 1972, O'Reilly Oakstown provide a full design, manufacture and installation service on their comprehensive environmental precast concrete range. Please visit their website at www.oreillyoakstown.com. Last week, as we said already, all the club fixtures across Mead from Division 1A down to Division 3B of the All-County Football League, all games were pulled uh, at the last minute, the 11th hour for some games. Um, Davy Rispin on Thursday evening, well, the snow was falling and the cold rain was falling as well. It wasn't full snow at that stage coming down in Cortown. Your game was pulled and uh, the lads from Ford's Mill had to make the trek home. It was... Literally the eleventh hour was just before throwing. It was kind of the twelfth hour, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I've never seen fellas so happy to get into their cars though and go home than the Boards Mill lads were. <laughs> You'd swear they didn't want to play it. Um anyway, yeah, it did go ahead. There was a lot of snow in, in the last uh, forty minutes, probably prior to kickoff. And to be fair, Larry McEntee, the referee, arrived and did a thorough pitch inspection, which I suppose the pitch was playable at five o'clock and then the snow arrived and it just covered the covered the pitch and it was more visibility actually than anything else the pitch was probably okay in that respect so boards mill went home probably got a bag of chips on their way home and we had to stay and do a gym session um which wasn't too nice but listen it was the right decision in the end and the game was actually meant to be then fixed for sunday and it was pulled with the rest of the games because it more so the rain that came after that so um let's hope that the games scheduled for this weekend in hurling and um, the the following weekend from football can go ahead because I know it's a it's quite a congested fixture planner as as it is already so they won't want any more um slip ups, um uh, oh slip ups and snow and all that um Davy you're saying there that the pitch probably was a bit playable but the um the um snow was just too heavy and probably you wouldn't have been able to see from one end of the field to the other so the underground heating that you put in during the winter is working well is what you're saying. It is exactly, yeah. Well, the, the underground heating will take a little bit of time. Actually, funny, funny you mentioned the underground <laughs> heating. We, uh, we have a certain Mister Kevin Coyne um, coming out to us tomorrow to install the auto mowers, Mickey. Um, yeah, which is which we're really looking forward to. It's something that we've had to slowly but surely get the idea across to some of the older folk within the club. I know Kevin will be well aware of this. There's there's quite a lot of um, pride attached to cutting the grass in these club pitches with some of the older generation, but. Uh, we finally got the got that over the line, and we can't wait to have our automores installed in Corton um, and have a, a pristine surface, just like Ballinlock and Ballabracky and all those other places. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, no better time, I suppose, David, than when you do mention PR Coin and Sons. Just to give a shout out to our sponsors, of course, PR Coin and Sons in Clanard, County Mead. They've been huge supporters of the of the podcast for the last couple of years. The Blackwater Inn in Kells, 
George and Patricia Plunkett then there have been absolutely fantastic. We're delighted as well to bring on board um, O'Reilly Oakstown Environmental. Um, and we'll be going to Paddy Hagan in a moment for his interview. And we'll talk about that with Davy Rispin in a moment as well. But first, just going back to P.R. Coyne and Sons, just to let you know that uh, P.R. Coyne and Sons annual Husqvarna Open Day is on Friday and Saturday, March the 24th and 25th of March. So uh, again, it's an open day, but they do it for two days, um, the 24th and the 25th. Only Kevin Coyne could do that. And they're celebrating 20 years in business. There's going to be free goodie bags and refreshments all day Friday and all day Saturday. So get down there. There's discounts across the store, even if you're not buying anything Come for the tea, basically, is what he's saying. And he is the big smiley face after that. Uh, come see our latest robotic mower for large-scale areas, i.e. clubs with up to 50,000 square metres, almost four full GAA pitches. It's the new Husqvarna Siora, and it is an amazing piece of kit. Um, for anybody out there, get down and have a look at this. Um even look if you're looking for something for your garden get down there but it, clubs I, I I can't stress how valuable it is to get these Husqvarna motors in because you're saving your club thousands of euro across the years anyways the Ciora is the newest one and what the, the, uh, P.R. Coyne and Sons is one of only a select number of authorised Ciora dealers in the country. It's mad for grass, as he said. Uh, Long-term attachments in production for Ciora, such as line markers, AstroTurf brushes, and uh, all controlled via GPS. No wires. It's the dog's bollocks. It really is. Like, literally, this thing is going to be able to cut, as he said, four football pitches, but line them. In, in a couple of years' time, this machine actually can line the fields. It just needs an update in um, the uh, the software and stuff like that. But that's coming. And this machine, this robotic mower, will also line your pitch. Incredible stuff. Get down there to PR Coin and Sons on the 24th and 25th. Myself and Davey are going to try and pop down there at some stage as well over those two days um, to see it because it is. It's a fantastic day. Um, and there, as he said, loads and loads of discounts in the store. But Davey, brilliant to have PR Coin and Sons on board. They've been so good to us, but we're delighted as well to announce our partnership with O'Reilly Oakstown Environmental. We went down and met Paddy Hagan there uh, last week, Davey. Um, we got some pictures. You did an interview with Paddy himself. But for our listeners out there, um, I suppose the demographic of our listenership is people in their mid-20s or, or, or early 20s up to their 40s. A lot of these people are going to be buying, building houses and whatever. And O'Reilly Oakstown Environmental is the place to go, isn't it, Davey? Absolutely. Yeah, I suppose not just for those buying houses or building houses, I suppose, for, for the agricultural listeners out there who are looking to, I suppose, build sheds or, you know, erect walls, etc. There's a whole pile of stuff they do from like bath uh, sewage treatment systems. They do the concrete septic tanks, the service and maintenance, all of them. They do retaining walls. They have precast concrete tanks. Um, there's a whole host of things that they do. It, ironically, they're actually in business 20 years themselves. They're part of the overall O'Reilly group, which consists of O'Reilly Concrete, O'Reilly Oakstown, Stone Paving, and there's, I know, a strong Cavan cohort uh, working uh, within the O'Reilly group. 
plenty of whom you'll be you'll be aware of. But yeah, they, listen, there's a whole range of stuff from like environmental solutions, the wastewater treatment system, septic tank, rainwater harvesting systems as well. So it's quite environmentally friendly in that respect. They do homes, schools, hotels, businesses, agricultural like farms, etc. So there's a wide range of products there. You can check out their website, O'ReillyOakstown.com, and you'll you'll get a better grasp for it and there's numbers to call and you'll get quotes etc so um do mention uh, the we are meat podcast if you are going down that route because um i'm sure the lads would certainly be happy to hear it but uh fantastic to have to have the guys over there and trim on board and, and paddy hagan and adopted meat and wolf tones man nowadays mickey yeah absolutely and i uh, come here you just said like do uh, uh mention the podcast you know paddy kind of said to us that like you know look if they mention the podcast, we look after them. So I don't know what that means, but, you know, you can have a listen to that. I'll tell you what, Davey caught up with Paddy Hagan um, over the weekend. We're going to get that interview now, and you'll hear their new advert uh, later on in the podcast. But here's Paddy Hagan um, and Davey Rispin last week. Paddy Hagan, General Manager in O'Reilly Oakstown Environmental. Paddy, we're delighted to be here over in the plant in Trim um, for some good news on a on a new sponsorship with uh, O'Reilly Oakstown. It's uh, great to be involved for We Are Made. Thanks, Davey. It's uh, it's great for us too. It's a it's a very relevant partnership for us. We're we're based in uh, in Mead. Uh, a huge part of our customer base is within the county of Mead, uh, and obviously you're making great strides yourselves with the with the podcast. It's great to see it doing so well, and we're looking forward to being a partner with you going forward. Absolutely. Tell the listeners a little bit more about about Oakstown and, and what you kind of do here in general terms, I suppose. So Oakstown uh, is, is part of the O'Reilly Group, which is at this point uh, one of the largest precast concrete companies in Ireland and the UK uh, with a vast range of products. Uh, here in O'Reilly Oakstown, the business is established since 1972 and we're the environmental division, I suppose, Davy, of uh, O'Reilly, the O'Reilly Group. We manufacture we design and we install a range of uh, domestic and wastewater treatment systems. Um, we have a large customer base throughout Ireland. At this point, we have close to 40,000 installations nationally. Uh, we also have a, a growing customer base in the UK. But um, yeah, I suppose we, we, we've probably coined the term environmental precast in recent years. And uh, that includes a range of products from wastewater treatment systems to uh, attenuation, stormwater, oil water separation. And we also do a range of retaining walls then for predominantly the agricultural and uh, waste industry. I was going to say, without generalising our audience, and we are made a little bit too much, but we, we would have a strong demographic of farmers, agricultural fellas involved, as well as people maybe building houses. So I suppose for them to get in touch with you, how is the best way? Is it a website or are there the reps out there that maybe they can probably get in touch with and find out a little bit more about the products and services? Absolutely. Uh, the office is, is staffed five days a week here. We have a full sales and technical team on the road covering uh, all, every county in Ireland. Um, the website is uh, O'ReillyOakstown.com and yeah, I think uh, you touched on some of our customers. Uh, absolutely, we deal a lot with one-off housing, farming and, and also I suppose the larger tier one and tier two contractors as well. So we have a vast range of, of, of customers and yeah, we, we, uh, uh, we're, we're obviously uh, looking to grow the business and, and uh, 
absolutely we're, we're here uh, we're a phone call away lovely thanks Paddy thank you Dave yeah so um, brilliant there from Paddy great lad and as Davey said an adopted cabin man into me I suppose I went up and they swapped we swapped the cabin man for a mead man. When I went up to cabin, he came down to mead and whatever. So, um, no, he's a good lad. And again, to all our sponsors, as we said, Pure Crane and Sons, uh, Oakston, uh, O'Reilly Oakston Environmental, and of course, the Blackwater Inn. If you can support our sponsors at any uh, stage and mention the podcast, it would be absolutely brilliant for us and for them. They would know um, that the people are coming in after hearing things on the podcast. David, before we went to... Uh, uh, our, our, our little sidetrack there to talk about our, our our sponsors and stuff like that without whom we couldn't bring these podcasts. We were talking about the, the club football being pulled. The under-20s, they were due to play in the Leo Murphy final um, against Mayo as well on Saturday. That game final was pulled and that game is, is effectively uh, done and dusted now. There won't be uh, a Leo Murphy final because it's too close to the under-20 Leinster Championship. Yeah, and I, I don't think John McCarthy or his players no. will lose too much sleep about that. Um, I think they'll be quite relieved, actually, that they don't have to go out and play it this week or next weekend or something like that, because the first round is literally just around the corner, I think, a couple of weeks, isn't it, from from tomorrow. So um, disappointing, I suppose. They would have liked it, another game, probably with a couple of weeks to spare. But like like we say, there's th- those fellas have played so much football between you know schools, clubs, um, counties and stuff. So maybe the, the couple of weeks break won't do them any harm at all. Um, and obviously with the emphasis that is going to be on the Leinster Championship for this Mead team, um, I, I think they'll they'll be fully focused on that if they weren't already. Yeah, it's it's, it's not that far away either, Davey. It's the, the Tuesday, the 21st of March. Mead will take on Longford in Longford in round one of the Airgrid Leinster Under-20 Championship. Um, Davey... I don't know, I presume you know this anyway, that all of the provincial championships are run differently in the under-20 championship. Did you know that? Like, so, for instance, Ulster is is knockout and Mm. Leinster have two groups and there's, what is it, two groups, one of four, one of five or something like that, is it? And um, they, they play a full round of games to knock out three teams. And then they go straight into qualifiers. I think. I think what I'm saying to you is, I think the Leinster model is absolutely brilliant, um, because it's it's one of those age groups under twenty and minor where, um, you know, players can have an off day. For instance, um, you know, Tyrone in in Ulster, if they have a bad day, the first day out, that's them gone out of the All Ireland under twenty championship. Mm. Yeah, look, I'd agree with that. I, I think it's important that, particularly at those age groups, they mm. they have games, I suppose, because they it's put just they, yeah, but they put just as much into it as yeah. the, the mid seniors or any other senior team, and for them to play essentially one competitive game. Fair enough, you have the Leo Murphy and all of this, but let's let's be frank about it. It's one game that means something and get knocked out. It feels like it's almost a waste of time, and for the development, as you say, of the younger players. I think it's paramount importance that they play multiple games within the championship, whether you have a chance of winning something or not. I think playing two or three competitive games at, at very least is likely to bring these fellas on. And as well as that, there's, I suppose, going to be players playing across the country at under 20 level this year that are going to go on and play in the All-Ireland and, and um, Talton Cups later on in the in the summer. I have absolutely no doubt about that. So it's important that they get plenty of football at, at an age of which they can prosper and blossom 
before making that step up to senior ranks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, um, just an interesting point. It's just I was talking to, mm-hmm. obviously, Damien Donoghue from the We Are Cabin podcast is the manager of the Cabin under-20s. Um, we were just discussing how each province is left to their own devices for for if, for for minor and under twenty championships, and I just think it's so unfair that it's it's different across the. It should be the same all, sure, all yeah, across yeah, the country and um, across all the provinces and whatever. But um, just an interesting one, and and, and look, I, I I'm just so looking forward to watching this lead uh, under twenties team. Um, really, really um, high hopes for them this year, and they've been. Awesome so far, um, and and there'll be a different team come championship, Davy, because just a, another seamless link into the fact that O'Carlin College from Nobber were beaten by the Kerry champions um, last weekend. Very disappointing result for O'Carlin College, who had huge hopes going into that final, and um, they were taking on St Pat's Castle Island, and Castle St Pat's Castle Island got the better of them in the second half. Winning on a scoreline of 2 8 to 11 points, a three point victory. O'Carroll College leading by six points to three at half time, but a super sub in the second half for St. Pat's Castle Island um, with two goals. Ja- John O'Connor um, doing all the damage, really. Absolutely. He came on, I think, just coming up to half time when he got two goals in something like 13 second half minutes to completely turn the game in its head. Um, O'Carlin College were actually leading this game by three points at halftime and looking good by by all accounts to go on and uh, claim a historic victory. We were talking about this off air and the more you think about it, the more you actually feel that it maybe had something to do with it. The fact that even though they were in control and winning the game at halftime, the margin in which they've been winning games it, it, throughout this campaign would suggest that they maybe, not that they had any doubts or anything like that, but possibly... Uh, Castle Island's game plan was maybe to just stay in the game for as long as possible and and almost make Nobber think about how close they were getting without you know pulling away etc. We we don't know, but ultimately the two goals in the second half were hammer blows. And despite the fact O'Carlin College fashioned a couple of goal chances themselves in the second half, they just couldn't penetrate. And uh, credit to some Pats, you know, rank underdogs going into the game, they've they've pulled off a big victory. Um, very disappointing for O'Carlin College, who can reflect on an absolutely extraordinary campaign with some terrific young players in their ranks. Um, I have absolutely no doubt that they'll be back next year and probably competing at this level again. Um, but it'll be a disappointing defeat for them to take at such a young age as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I wouldn't say that they, they took the game for granted or anything like that in any way, shape no. or form. I would say they haven't come up against as good a team as St. Pat's Castle Island. By all accounts, O'Carroll College was still the better team, but probably weren't used to playing in such tight games and, you know, maybe weren't tested as much as, obviously, St. Pat's Castle Island tested them. Yeah, yeah, potentially. Like, I suppose finals are, are notoriously tight anyway, so I'm sure they were well prepped for that, but maybe the, the, it was probably a little bit easier for Castle Island to do their homework on O'Carlin College because of maybe yeah. the headlines that they've been making. So maybe nullifying a couple of their star men in, in the likes of Rian McConnell and Killian Smith and possibly Adam Matthews and a few others went a long way for them to... To, to win this game, along with the fact that they had a secret weapon, obviously, off the bench who yeah. came up with the goods for them and John O'Connor. And, um, yeah, good luck to them. It's, 
it's a huge victory um and just disappointment for Nabra, but they'll they all have terrific um careers ahead of them. They'll be, yeah, they'll absolutely. be absolutely they'll be better for it actually. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, hopefully that they bring the pain of that loss forward with them and and never want to feel that again, and, and it pushes them on, as you said, to better things. But an incredible team, an incredible year, um, and just pipped at the uh, post by St Pat's Castle Island. But well done to Carlin College on an, an incredible, incredible year. O'Reilly Oakstown Environmental, manufacturers and installers of domestic and commercial wastewater treatment systems, large capacity precast concrete tanks and retaining walls. Supplying you since 1972, O'Reilly Oakstown provide a full design, manufacture and installation service on their comprehensive environmental precast concrete range. Please visit their website at www.oreillyoakstown.com. Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30-second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin & Sons, your authorised automower dealer on 046 955 1910 or in-store in Clonard County Meath. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coin & Sons. If you need any more information on the automower, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Meath. Davey, that brings us on nicely now to uh, next Saturday in Park Colchon, 3pm. Um, something that we haven't seen in quite some time. It's going to be Mead versus Dublin in Park Colchon. It's going to be absolutely incredible. It's a sellout already, Davey. Um, and hopefully we get the weather. It looks like the weather is picking up towards next weekend, which would be great. Um, but it's a massive game. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a huge game. Oh, yeah, it's a huge game. It's probably a bigger one, maybe for well, it's probably a bigger one for Dublin because of they're just expected to to beat Mead and bounce straight back up. And I actually think they're probably fortunate to be in the position they're in, Mickey, um, because of the fact they obviously lost to Derry, as we know, but there were very narrow victors against Kildare, Clare, and um, Cork, Cork this year. Um, so they're probably lucky to have as many points as they actually do and uh, on that assumption you would expect me to give them a right good test on Saturday it's the first time I think Dublin have come to town in a league game in Navin something like 35 years potentially I'd expect one of the biggest crowds in the last two decades to descend on Navin as well on Paddy's weekend and probably going to be 10 11 12,000 crammed into Park Dalton it should be a really good occasion and listen we're, we're probably just not at our flew in best at the moment but if there's ever a game to sort of turn your season or you know get a reaction from both the players and the supporters it certainly has to be Dublin coming to town and it, it promises to be a special occasion yeah it really does well 
myself and Davy are going to do a full preview of Dublin versus Mead, or Mead, sorry, versus Dublin and Park Talchon next Saturday. I'm so used to saying Dublin versus Mead because it's usually a home <laughs> game for Dublin and Pro Park, um, but it is going to be Mead against Dublin Saturday at 3pm in uh, the home of football, Park Talchon, and we're going to be previewing that game. We're going to be plotting what way Colm O'Rourke can look at this game and see if there's any way that Mead can um, get the victory in this one. And we're going to go through a load of stats from the last couple of years for both teams. So um, that'll be one to listen to over our Loyal Wilds podcast. Um, but yeah, wishing Colm and all the lads the very best of luck next week. Um, Davey, as we said already, football was pulled last weekend, the club football. So this weekend, weather permitting, the club hurling uh, leagues will will um, commence in Mead. Absolutely, yeah. And I know a lot of the clubs are playing dual at the moment, so this is going to be the first outing for, for several of them. And uh, it's going to be the start of a pretty hectic schedule for the dual players within our county. But I'm sure the sole hurlers will be very much looking forward to getting their season kicked off in earnest. Um, the footballers will be salvating on the fact that they've got the whole Paddy's weekend off and later on yeah. in the summer at the Galway races as well. So um, it's fallen well for the footballers. And I think the hurlers... To be fair, most of the games are Paddy's morning, so there is a bit of common sense prevailing there as well. You, you kind of have most of your weekend free after that, which isn't too bad. But um, Oh, yeah. Davey, you're saying most of them are Paddy's morning. Most I don't think I so. I said most of them. I don't think so. Looking, looking down there at it, Division 5, 4 and 3, most of them are all on Sunday. And then there's a well, few well Mickey, they're, they're generally made up of second team players who are sort okay. of starting young families and everything like that. So they wouldn't be out <laughs> bollocksing on a Saturday night anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the sooner you start uh, uh, starting a family, Davey, the better then for Courtown. So we'll I don't be, know um, about but, that. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to stop laughing because my throat is still not right. But anyways, yeah, the footballers, the, the club footballers won't be out until the weekend of the 24th, 25th, and 26th. There might be even be games on the Thursday night. And as Davey said, footballers have the whole of Paddy's weekend off. So we're gonna run through the club uh hurling um uh, fixtures for the weekend. We're gonna start with division five and uh, both games on Sunday. Um, after a, a tough Paddy's weekend. Round one in Appby is Clonagale versus Nafina. That's 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. Ouch. Paddy O'Brien Park will be the venue for Navin O'Matney's and Dundry. And that's when they're giving them an extra hour. That's at midday, 12 on Sunday. Moving on to Division 4. It's to Mullen on Sunday morning at 12 at noon. It's going to be St. Pat's against St. Peter's Dunboyne. And in Boards Mill, at the same time, it's going to be Boards Mill versus Kiltail. At the same time, in Rathout, it's going to be Rathout against Ratmaline all on Sunday. So that's five. The next two that we see in Division 3 are both on Sunday. That's uh, what seven of the seven out of seven for Sunday morning. Um, the venue is Ashburn. It's going to be Dunmore Ashburn against Killine. That one's at two p.m. and at two p.m. in Kilmessen, it'll see Kilmessen taking on Longwood. So moving up then to Friday. Uh, actually, there's a game on on Tuesday, um, and that's uh, between Kildalki and Kilskier Myla. And the venue for that one is Kilskier. I hope they've got good um, uh, floodlights over there in Kilskier. Um, and then on Friday you have. Ratmaline taking on Gail Colin Kill at 11 a.m. Oh, Jesus Christ, on, on, on Paddy's morning. Um, That's a great fashion. Oh, God, 11 a.m. Ratmaline. Um, anyways, we'll move up, go to Division 2. 
Now you'll start to see the trend here, as in yeah, young lads playing first team hurling. It starts to make sense now. Three, four, so seven. So there's eight games on on Paddy's morning. All right, okay, all together. Seven, seven of the eight in Division One and Two are on Friday morning. That's the story behind it. <laughs> Talk about stereotyping okay. the second team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so then we're going to move on then to Division 2. And uh, three of these are going to be played on Paddy's Morning at 11am. The first one is in Dundry. It's his Dundry taking on Blackhall Gales. In Boards Mill at 11am, it's Boards Mill against Walt Tones. In Paddy O'Brien Park, it's Navin O'Matney's against Clonagale. And Clonagale can stay around Navin for the parade then. So they can head into Ryan's maybe for a pointer, maybe into the central. And uh, then on Sunday, or on Sunday, it's Trim against uh, Drumree uh, at 2pm on Sunday. So they're um, they're being thrown into the uh, same... Uh, uh, to the attic. They're in the attic, attic. exactly, what I was looking for. Anyways, moving on to Division 1, all games on Friday morning, all of them at 11am. And it, the first one down is Kaline against Rotolting Kaline. Then in Dumboyne, it's St. Peter's Dumboyne against Trim. So that's why... Trim's second team is on Sunday uh, from Division 2. Um, and then uh, in Kilmesson at 11am, it's going to be Kilmesson against Kildalki. And then in Baconstown, it's Nafina against Kiltail. So uh, best luck to all the hurlers taking the field this weekend. If a feeling some of them games from Division 4 and 5 might go ahead, Davy. Nah, we'll see. Ah, we will see. Yeah, no, it's the first round of hurling fixtures. They'll definitely make uh, make it into the fields to um, get the league underway. So, anyways, Davy, time to move on now. We're going to go to the lottos and the Instagram, and I'm sure that uh, plenty of the bureaus have been in contact with you. Yeah, first up is Walterstown Mickey from uh, Sunday night. <clears throat> Excuse me, the numbers strong were 9, 22, 27 and 28. No winner of their 5,700 euro jackpot, but they did have two match three winners who are Paul Tobin and Rosanna Kidd. They share 100 quid between them. The next draw takes place next weekend with 5,800 euro on offer at uh, Club 4. So you can pick up an envelope in Brian's Baron Restaurant in Johnstown. Minolte are building up nicely again. And their results from last week, the 12th of March, 8,800 euro of a jackpot. The numbers were 11, 22, 25 and 28. No jackpot winner. Two match three winners, each receiving 100 euro were Paul McCabe and Paddy Cahill. One special online prize of 50 euro goes to Karen Kangley. The next draw takes place on Sunday, the 19th of March with 9,000 euro on offer. Corbin GFC from last Friday night, the 10th of March, 13,300 of a jackpot wasn't won. 16, 22, 25, and 31, the numbers. Five 20 euro winners were Martin Burke, Andrea Kavna, Katie Walsh, Jenny O'Rourke, and Sean O'Sullivan. We go again with 13,400 euro next Friday night at courtgacom forward slash lotto. Navin O'Mahony's. From the 7th of March, no winner of their jackpot. The numbers were 16, 21, 27, 29. Uh, match three winners sharing 200 euro between them were Josephine McCaig, Neil Quinn, Ashling Boland, Amanda O'Connor, Anya Sullivan, and PK and Maggie. So a serious number of match three winners. Uh, 8,600 euro they go again with on the 14th of March. Kilmainham. From the 6th of March, um, wasn't won. They had five lucky dip winners who will come to in a minute, but their numbers were 3, 16, 19, and 22. Um, Rumpo, Audrey McCabe, Mary Condy, Woody, who is uh, Stephen, uh, aka Stephen, and Fiona Lloyd um, were their match three winners. 
They go again with €6,300 this week. Hasseltown uh, from the 7th of March also, €2,600 of a jackpot, not one. 3, 5, 10 and 14. Lucky to uh, receiving €30 Euro each for Sean Ryan, Kathleen Farley, Con McManus, Mary Smith and Karen Smith. Uh, Drumbara are the next ones from last week. €6,500 of a jackpot wasn't won. 11, 23, 26 and 27. 30 or winner winners were Ruby, Lily and Lola. Megan McGrath, Betty Mac- McInerney, John Muldoon and Margaret Gogarty. Manalvi from last Monday night, 6th of March, 4, 14, 24 and 25. No jackpot winner. Three 20 euro winners were Anne Toner, Shane Riley and Grace Finnerty. The next draw takes place tonight with 1,900 euro on offer at Manalvi GFC or you can play it on the Club Force app. And the final one, which is pretty outdated at this stage, is from uh, Dunshockland and Royal Gales from last week. A 6, 17, 25 and 27. No jackpot winner. Three match three winners who were Oliver Gogan, Mark Galvin and Amy Stanley. They received mm-hmm. 70 euro each. And the next draw takes place tonight at half eight live on Facebook with 5,200 euro and 200 euro to be added into that each week. Yeah, Davey, another one uh, just to add in there that's pretty much out of date as well. Essential sense from last Monday, the 6th of March. We're recording this podcast on Monday night. So their uh, jackpot tonight is 2,600. Don't know what's happening there. The numbers drawn last week were 10, 11, 20 and 26. There was no jackpot winner and the five 25 euro winners were Sonny O'Brien, Mark Mooney, Nell Kilkenny, Bernie Muldoon and Cathy Ann Cowley. And then Simon says Lotto last Friday night was not won. The Lotto jackpot was 2,500. The numbers drawn were 8, 16, 25 and 27. The lucky dip winners were Anne-Marie Carraher, um, Brito O'Reilly and Gary Alders. Um, listener to the pod, great to see him picking up a few bob. And then next Friday's jackpot is 2,550. Played online the same with uh, the Centralstown Lotto. Go to smartlotto.ie or go to Simonstown's or Centralstown's social media pages and you'll find the links there. Also from Jelly, big derby next week, Mon the Town. Yeah, <laughs> so there you go. There's a bit more of that to come, Mickey, because uh, we'll move on into Instagram Interactive and get the soccer out of the way good and quick. Sean Fitzgerald's typically in with uh, a good one because it's very relevant. It's Shamrock Rovers' shocking start to the season. I don't think they've picked up a win yet. I think four games played, no wins to their name. No wins. Did you not see the the um, video on Twitter from their game, was it last night or midweek, um, where they drew nil all and the, <laughs> the, the supporters were going mad. So one of the players came over and was like, lads, give us a break. When you're supporters, you're supposed to support us in the good times and the bad. We had a clean sheet there tonight. You know, we're, we're trying to do better. And the abuse he got, like, I was just like going, yeah, fickle. That's the thing about soccer supporters. They're fickle. Dude. It, it sounds like being a mead supporter, to be honest with you. You have to build yourself <laughs> up for these big falls. Um, speaking of big falls, Jack Walsh is in. And he said that Kerry FC are finding life hard in the League of Ireland. They were thumped 9-1 last weekend against Galway. Um, it, they're obviously the new club in Division 1. Yeah. Um, Stick to the GA, lads. <laughs> I was just stick to what you're good at. Stick what you know. Stick to what you know. Yeah. Um, in fairness, you know, they have some really good soccer clubs down there in Kerry and really good soccer players. Um, but in fairness, look, just, just do the gal, lads. Just do the gal. Leave the soccer to us up here. 
Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30-second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna auto mower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control auto mower from your phone. Auto mower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised auto mower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coyne and Sons. If you need any more information on the Automower, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Mead. O'Reilly Oakstown Environmental, manufacturers and installers of domestic and commercial wastewater treatment systems, large capacity precast concrete tanks and retaining walls. Supplying you since 1972, O'Reilly Oakstown provide a full design, manufacture and installation service on their comprehensive environmental precast concrete range. Please visit their website at www.oreillyoakstown.com. John Fitzgerald also says that Mikey Cullen, Mikey Cullen missing 9 a.m. Sunday training. And to be fair to Mikey Cullen, not a man to shy away. He was in touch. He says maybe next week they'll put it at a respectable hour. And I couldn't agree more with him. Yeah, I, I never could understand uh, these early morning training sessions. Um, and when we were, when I was down in cabin first, Davy, like drinks bans used to start at this, like in March. And you wouldn't be allowed to drink until the end of your championship and stuff like this. Like it was real hardcore. And then you'd be doing 7 a.m. trainings on a Sunday. Like it was all about how much you could put yourself through and say, I have done so much. Nobody's taken this away from me. I've sacrificed so much. But for me, it's not even the drinking part of it. Like it's it's the actual earliness of it. Like, you know, having to go to bed early or getting up extremely early and you're you're half asleep. Yeah. So I don't think it's a benefit at all. I, no. I think fair enough if you're doing the drinking thing. But if you're going drinking on a Saturday night, the likelihood is you're not going to be there at 10 o'clock as much as 7 o'clock in the morning. So yeah, I, 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 I'm with you on this one. But yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> PS Tapes. He said, beating the dubs, there is nothing more important, nothing. No. Um, it's it's one of the rules of life. So it is um, beating the dubs is everything, Mike. Um, wouldn't it be lovely? Um, and as we said, head on over to our Loyal Royals podcast to get the preview of me in Dublin, where we're going to plot Colin O'Rourke's way around the field and how he can dismantle this Dublin team and take away two points from Park Tolchin on Saturday. Absolutely. Um, Keats meets aka Keith Sheeran uh, in touch, and he says, "I love my kids, but." Please let there be football next weekend. I hate to break it to you, Keith, but it's a hurling weekend, lad. <laughs> I wonder if he's on about uh, Park Dalton. Like, like, please don't let the please don't let the weather stop the games next. Uh, the, the county games, possibly. Just on that, actually, the the referees were all in for I think a meeting tonight. Um, new referees coordinator appointed in Mead uh, tonight. Brilliant. Mr. Dudley Farrell, none other than Dudley Farrell from Nobber. He takes over from the long-serving Frank Galogli. And uh, I would say a pretty positive appointment all round. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, talking to some of the referees about that. Um, I know Frank was held in high regard, but since Frank departed that position, there's been nobody to fill the void. And I know that they've been kind of uh, lost for the last number of months and whatever um, as to what was going to be happening and whatever. So, yeah, great to see that that position has been filled. And best of luck to Dudley in that one. Yeah, very much so. Um, Rob Perfield says, great weekend for water polo all the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, all the all the pitches well waterlogged, so they were. Um, just a few training sessions went ahead as well, too. Right, I wasn't involved in one of them now, to be honest. <laughs> um, Sean McDonagh says, "Great win by our hurlers versus Tyrone." Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, real statement of intent as well. Um, two seventeen to eight. It, it was just a really and, and to do that in Oman, you know, like it's it, to go up there. Um, it's okay. We're, we're we're we've been relegated to Division Two B, and it's not where these lads want to be. But as you said at the top of the podcast as well, David, they can only do they can only play what's in front of them, and they can only beat what's in front of them. And they've been extremely profes- professional in all their games, and they've respected the teams that they've played, and they've shown their quality and. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Great stuff. Yeah, and no fuss at all. And I remember just talking to James Tohra after one of the games and he didn't mince his words. And that was after maybe the second game. Yeah. You know, and he was saying like, well, we have to win the league. We have to win the championship. It wasn't this thing about the next game and all this kind of stuff. They yeah. were they were kind of pretty um, robust about their ambitions from an early stage, but great to see. Um, this is a man that sounds pretty concerned as to when the... Last weekend's games might be refixed for. Oh yes, Flash, Flash Gordon. He says, "When will the when will the round of fixtures be refixed for?" Um, I think that's a man sweating that it's going to be Paddy's weekend, but I'm pretty sure it's not <laughs> going to be Flash. So you're all right, unless yeah. unless you're taking up the hurling. But. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna throw them in next weekend. So it'll probably be towards the end of the league somewhere. There might be a spare week that they'll throw them in. But um, the the good thing about it, Davy, I suppose, is that it's a full round of fixtures for everybody. That it's not just some fixtures here and there from some divisions. That everybody will have to play that round of fixtures at some stage. Exactly. I'd imagine they'll do it when the evenings brighten up and they can maybe slip them in on a Tuesday night or something like that. And if there's hurling the weekend or stuff, I think that's what probably makes the most sense. But they're not yeah. going to be in any major rush to play them, as you say, Mickey, because it's a full round of fixtures. So, yeah. Yeah. That is it, I believe. Um, brilliant. Um, there's one thing we're forgetting about, Davy, and I'm just trying to go in here and find it. Uh, we did forget about a fixture. Um, when we were doing our podcast last week, the preview for the round of games that didn't go ahead, Nobber and who are Nobber supposed to? Beliver is right, yeah. Nobber was supposed to play Beliver um, uh, last weekend. Um, that's a that's a fairly evenly matched game, um, Davy. Yeah, I, 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 I nailed me colours to the mast and go Beliver though, but um, yeah. We I was it, somehow we missed that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Um, was it a home game for Nobber or was it an away game? Uh, I think it was to be an away game, but I'm not sure. Okay, well, uh, before that uh, round of fixtures comes through, we will be reviewing those games again. And, uh, of course, we'll be giving you our predictions once again on all those games. Because the, our, our predictions on those games last weekend, now that that game, that those games won't be played for maybe two months, 
Our predictions could completely change of what's going to happen and will completely change. They're locked in now. There's no going back, though. <laughs> okay, you you said it. We're going to lock them in. Round two fixture or um, predictions are done. And we're going to keep them for whenever they do bring them into the league. So um, that'll be an interesting one. Well, look, that's it for this episode of your We Are Mead podcast. Don't forget to head on over to Loyal, your Loyal Royals to get the Mead versus Dublin preview. But as I said, it's over for the We Are Mead one. So uh, remember, We Are Mead, why? It matters more.